It is my pleasure to welcome back into the studio three guys that I spoke to in the summer when they were uh, a project was almost done. They were mm-hmm. working on it. I think at that point you still had the Kickstarter, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So, but now the Kickstarter is done. So I'm happy the film is done. Jason Polavoy is here. Polavoy is here. He's the director. Uh, Nick Jenkins is the producer, and Teddy Wachholz is the director of photography of what you may ask of the documentary F Your Hair which uh, I'm, not, I'm not going to say the Spanish version because I don't know if the FCC monitors my Spanish, and uh, plus it's bad. But we'll get into what the whole thing is. F Your Hair, the documentary, is part of the uh, the series Stranger Than Fiction. It will be shown at the Gene Siskel Film Center Friday, January 25th, Saturday the 26th, and Wednesday, January 30th. Uh, showtimes 8, 15, 5, and 6. You can get all the information uh, if you go to siskelfilmcenter.org. First of all, welcome back. It's good to see you. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for having us. Secondly, congratulations. I watched the film the other day. And it was terrific. Uh, you know, Thank when you. I when I Thanks. talked to you the first time, I had seen the trailer. Uh, it wasn't you guys were almost there, but it wasn't it wasn't complete. You were on your way to do uh, you know running out to do other projects uh, under the umbrella of One City Films, which mm-hmm. is your company. Um, it turned out great. Thank you. And I think yeah. uh, I think when you when people get to see the whole thing, the power of the story will really come through, especially when uh, you get to see the main characters talking about what it is so jason give us a brief for those who are not familiar with the five rabbits cerveceria and this whole thing give us a brief overview of what what the movie is about sure yeah so five rabbits cerveceria is a uh, latino owned brewery on the southwest side of chicago uh and they were brewing the house beer for the trump hotel in chicago in river north and uh when trump announced he was running for president uh and made his now infamous comments about uh mexican immigrants being rapists and thieves they were uh kind of struck by this idea that they could not continue to sell or serve their beer Uh, in the Trump Tower. So they decided to pull their beer out and rename the beer to a word that we cannot say on the radio. Right. uh, Which roughly translates to F your hair. Uh, And so our (laughs) film is about that decision, the brewery, and the fallout of that decision. Um, Because, Nick, you can speak to this. Anybody who knows small businesses, especially a small brewery, it's kind of see to your pants for a while you don't have you're not operating with a lot of room for error and so for them to brew this beer thinking well this is a and they say it in the uh, in the film we didn't really know much about him you know we thought this is a great business opportunity for a small brewery so to make the decision to pull it that had to it had to weigh heavy on their minds. Oh, absolutely! I think you look at you know any any craft brewer and they'd be jumping out of their seat to sort of take this contract. You know, it's a it's a high margin contract, as they say in the business, because it's it's beer that essentially doesn't need to be sold. Right. It's you know you set up the contract in, in month one and then they buy a certain amount of kegs every month thereafter. So it was a big portion of their business, and I think that you know we often talk about their decision as morals over money, and that's what it yeah. comes down to is that they're saying I'm going to let this go. But will my business survive? And I think that that film, you know, the film that we've created really helps to address answers to that question is, do they make the right decision in doing this? Right. How did you guys, how did you become aware of the story and how did you guys as One City Films decide this is, this is a story that we really need to tell? 
So this story was covered uh, pretty uh, pretty well by Monica Ang at WBZ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I became aware of it because I'm a craft beer aficionado and because I had been reading beer blogs about it. Uh, and I went out and bought a T-shirt um, <laughs> with the with the new logo of, of the beer. Yeah. And so I had this in my mind, and and uh, I used to have a show on WGN that continues to run called Chicago's Best. Oh, and I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I used to produce Chicago's Best, and we had a brew pubs episode, and I thought it would be awesome to get these people on the show and meet them. Yeah. And so I became friendlier with Andres and Mila, the the uh, husband and wife owners of the brewery, and. I always wanted to tell the story, and so when we got together, myself, Nick, and Teddy, we were looking for um, projects, for documentary projects, and I I pitched it, and, and they kind of both went for it, and I convinced Andres and Mila that this would be a cool thing to do. Now, was that a hard pitch? Because in the, in the film, F Your Hair, Andres... And this is not to say Mila does not feel this way. Andre seemed to be agonizing over things <laughs> a little bit more. Mila seems like, hey, you know, this is our decision, and it it was a hard decision, but screw you, blah blah. Whereas Andre, in some of the scenes, he looks like he was close to tears. Teddy, you were you were shooting him. Was that? Am I accurate? This does not look like it was uh, put on for the camera. No, nothing was put on for the camera. You're right there, and. I think in, I'm not quote I'm not this is my, not my quote but Mila I think said Andres is a lot more thoughtful than I am so you can see ah. Andres kind of really mulling over the decisions yeah. and and Mila is just kind of you know she'll react to it and you know let's let's run and gun and um, so you can see that a lot and actually well yeah because at one point she says uh, he doesn't want me to make the phone calls. You know, <laughs> sure. Yeah, you know, right. uh, yeah. They don't want me to make Mila, the phone Mila, right. is, Mila is an incredibly principled person. Yes, and uh, I think in a lot of ways, similar to myself, when when you feel that way and you feel wronged in some way, um, there's almost nothing that can get in your way. Right. Whereas. Andres just wants to make some beer. He wants to make some really good beer, and he wants people to drink it and, and to enjoy it and didn't necessarily want all of the press that surrounded this, and they never right. did interviews mm-hmm. about it. No, they, and that's, why, that's yeah. why I was asking about how hard it was to sell them because he really seemed like he didn't, you know, they made this decision for themselves. They weren't trying to make a public statement. Right. Uh, he, you know, when when Five Rabbit was lumped in with all these big companies that were boycotting uh, Trump Tower and mm-hmm. making a stand, he was like, "I, we weren't supposed to be in in this. This was right. not mm-hmm. a thing." So, how did you guys approach him and say, "Listen, your story is is important. It's interesting. Let us do a film." That was, all, I mean, that was all Jason. But I, I will say, Brian, I think Jason's pitch to us was equally as difficult because of that, because of that, because, because, hang on, let me explain that for a second. In yeah, Monica no, Ang, the great Monica Ang gets gets to this a, a bit in the film as well. She's like, you know, she presents this this story, and WBEZ, some of the editors are like, oh my god, another Trump, another Trump right. story. We yeah, don't need yeah. another Trump story. You know, me personally, and, and Teddy, I don't want to speak for you, but when Jason came initially, and, and I, I'm not a craft beer aficionado, so I did not know this story in, in its full I gotta detail. I got to ask, is that, because when somebody, is that on his business card? Is yeah, that on your business card? It should card? be. No, he, he yes. is, he's, he's, he's a really People big know that about me. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. his and, only and title. Think, yeah, People right. know that about me. But, you know, when he came and he pitched the story to us, I was like, oh, you know, there's so many Trump films out there. What, how are we going to make something that's truly unique and stand yeah. out? And then, and then, you know, we went to that first meeting with Mila and Andres, and, um, you know, the story kind of jumped out at us. So I knew we had something 
something there, and I knew we right. needed to create this film. So and it's it a very hard. local. I mean, you got one city films. You're you because we'll talk about your other projects coming up. But this is this is right in your wheelhouse, hyper local, mm -hmm. real, but with a national the national footprint to it. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think when we made the initial pitch to to the folks at Five Rabbit, um, they sort of recognized because they had not really done any press about this. Mm -hmm. um, they recognized the importance of uh, m maybe telling this story now because when the story initially broke, Andres released a pre-written statement, but really didn't do any interviews or anything of that nature, um, and then they kind of realized that he wasn't going away. Trump wasn't going away. Yeah. And, you know, the policies were only getting worse. It was rhetoric when it was him announcing his his run for, for president. Because this all started, again, just to remind people, this all started when he was a candidate. This right. was well before he was elected president. Right. People people lump everything... Oh, I'm sorry. People lump everything <laughs> that he does together. Um, but this was literally when he announced he was running for president is when he made the infamous statement about Mexico immigrants right. um, so they never did any press on this and and they thought maybe this is the time that we need to actually tell the story to a larger audience that can see this um, for, for for what it is yeah. because he's not going anywhere no and it's uh, again it's fascinating so let's let's take a quick break when we come back we'll talk more about the, the meat of the movie what what is happening uh, again the movie is F your hair it is a documentary it is going to be f screening at the Siskel Film Center as part of their stranger than fiction documentary series the uh, show times are Friday January 25th at 8 15 p.m. Saturday January 26th at 5 p.m. and Wednesday the 30th of January at 6 p.m. you can go to siskelfilmcenter.org to get uh, your tickets and what's your uh, what is onecityfilms.com that's yeah, uh, that's that's, uh, that's your website yep. we'll go there so we'll talk more about it if you have any questions about the film 312-981-7200 talk with uh, jason palavoy palavoy uh, nick jenkins and teddy wacholtz uh from u.s has become a dumping, dumping ground, ground for everybody else's probe is this what he said they were really just getting started and i think their big break was that they were the house beer for trump hotel i know he was not the very best guy, but... It was not something that we thought about. We were just like, ah, oh, there's this account. They're pretty big. Business is business. I mean, we were just selling beer. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good, good people. people. What the... What the f Why... 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 I don't know. I don't know what to say, really. Hey, Trump is un... I don't know. He's an... He's a... I mean, I can't believe that we're selling to them. Essentially, what they're saying to Donald Trump is you're fired. It was just such a, a moral stand. No, they're not saying that at all. We thought it wouldn't be congruent to be making a beer for the Trump Towers. You'll see it in the lawsuit. You'll read about it as soon as I file the lawsuit. We all felt that there was no choice but to really do this. I do remember being very nervous. It's celebratory. It's not negative. It's a perfect little middle finger, so to speak. It was something that took a life of its own. It's, uh... It's the magic elixir for all of us. <laughs> it's so funny and ridiculous that no one can really say, oh, you're telling Donald Trump, you know, f*** you. I mean, we are, but... 
<laughs> yes, that is uh, the last voice you heard there in the trailer for F Your Hair was of uh, Mila Ramirez, one of the uh, owners and founders of Five Rabbits Cerveceria. In studio with me, the men who put this film together, we've got uh, Jason Polavoy. He was the director. Nick Jenkins is the producer. And Teddy Wackles is the director of photography for F Your Hair, which will be screened at the Siskel Film Center as part of their Stranger Than Fiction documentary series. Friday, January 25th at 8.15. Saturday the 26th at 5 and Wednesday the 30th at 6. Now, I you'll go to any of those screenings and enjoy the film, but if you want to really enjoy it, uh, <laughs> Friday night there is a reception with free Five Rabbit beer. Uh, Mila and Andres will be there. Yes. Uh, there's a Q&A after all the screenings, yes. but this one it'll be you guys and and then uh, them as well. Yeah, right. Friday is the big uh, big world premiere. So there's Very a nice. reception beforehand starting at 7 o'clock in the, in the Siskel... Uh, theater, okay. uh, and that's where you can get some free Five Rabbit beer and meet the the subjects of the film. Uh, even though they don't like me calling them the subjects, they're the stars. The stars. Well, they definitely yeah. are the stars. Uh, now we heard it. We heard in the the audio from the trailer about a lawsuit. Now, as you guys mentioned, we also heard uh, the former um, the former sales and marketing director Chompy say, you know, business is business. We were just selling beer, and that was. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, if the president at then candidate had not made those statements, none of this would have happened. They would have, you know, they might not have, maybe they, maybe it would have changed with the, a lot of the wall conversation. Sure. But at that point, they would have, they were just selling beer. And for a small brewery, that's really all you want to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I think that was the genesis of, of this whole film and their decision ultimately. But but yeah, I mean, like you said, who knows what would have happened with right. the relationship given everything else that's that's been going on yeah. with this administration. But but yeah, it certainly accelerated the timeline of them stopping doing business with Trump. That's that's for sure. So was there a lawsuit? No. No, there well, wasn't, was and, and there wasn't a lawsuit against Macy's, and there wasn't a lawsuit against Serta, and there wasn't a lawsuit against anyone because right. you know he talks a big game. But ultimately, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no grounds for a lawsuit. Well, well, and the other thing too is I think it was it started to become power in numbers, Brian, and Brian, because you know when Five Rabbit made this decision, it was literally the day after Trump made that speech. Right, so and they, they were they alone at that. Point. They were alone. They were out there on an island by themselves, you know. And this was the first company to really stop doing business with him and mm -hmm. taking that stand. Um, and then Macy's followed suit, and then Univision and NBC followed suit. So I think as soon as the the snowball started rolling, Trump, you know, yeah, what was going to do at that everybody. time? Sue everyone? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I think I think Five Rabbit really took that first stand, and a lot of other bigger companies followed suit. And those bigger companies, while they still have something to lose, nowhere near as much as Five Rabbit, because if they let's to the nuts and bolts of it, they had brewed all this beer that they were supposed to sell to Trump Tower. Mm -hmm. Now they're sitting there. What are we going to do with this beer? What did they do with this beer? Yeah, so like you mentioned, Chompy uh, had a relationship with a lot of uh, local bars in Chicago because they were selling their beer to them on a regular basis. And so uh, Chompy and Andres made the decision to kind of try and sell the beer quietly, yeah. uh, maybe branded as as just a five rabbit golden ale maybe just sell it as a house beer for every bar that they can get it to okay. um but they made the decision to call local bars in chicago and try and unload the kegs and they weren't sure if they would be successful or not and what they found was that not only uh were these bars willing to take this beer from them but they were enthusiastic yeah. about promoting the story behind this beer 
Right, and that's you talk to you talk to the guys at Hopleaf, mm-hmm. and you talk to the guys at the Fifty Fifty Restaurant Group, mm-hmm. and they all seemed like this was a no brainer because in fact the beer sold out that day within an hour, right, or a couple hours. They were done selling what they what they had, so all these bars took it, uh, and then that's when it when they started when these bar owners started telling the story, consumers started picking up on it. Right. You know, along with the other news coverage, it really things went things went fast to the point where now they they're not really making that beer anymore, but they kind of are. What what right. brought about the rebranding of of that? It was the seriousness of the situation. Um, they they continued to brew the beer up until the election, and right. if he lost the election, it was over. It's all with. over, right? If he won, as Mila says in the film, it's more serious than we ever thought. And so they decided that instead of making this a beer about Trump and about what he said, let's make this about something larger. Right. Let's make this instead of a reaction to his comments, let's make this a proactive movement. Mm-hmm. And so they changed the name of the beer to La Protesta. It is still the same beer. So same if you beer. want to try what it was like to drink that beer on election night, if you want to <laughs> relive that night, right. um, you can do that. But they changed the name of the beer to La Protesta, which is the protest in Spanish. Yeah. And um, they do different uh, different cans each time that they brew it. Uh, they find a local artist uh, and a local organization, or not so local, a, a, an organization to support with sales of that beer right. so that they can reach a larger group than just people who m- might be anti-Trump. Yeah. Well, that's it makes sense. And a lot of the proceeds go to help those organizations. Mm-hmm. It's a big thing. So they're, they're, even though they were the first for the resistance... Now they've decided, they've evolved it into something, as you say, proactive and positive. And we, we got to talk a little bit about, on the other side of news, um, we're going to talk about your upcoming projects. I want to talk to you about how it came to be that mm-hmm. F Your Hair is at the Cisco Center. But lest we think that this was just a smooth road after this decision by Five Rabbit, we'll come back, we'll talk a little bit about what, they, what the backlash was. Because mm-hmm. as you can imagine, uh, there was a lot of backlash. Uh, Despite the the overwhelmingly positive support of the Chicago bars and and mm-hmm. other and customers, so we'll get into all of that. The guys from One City Film are here: uh, Jason Palavoy, Nick Jenkins, and Tommy uh, Teddy. T- sorry, Teddy Teddy Wackles. <laughs> he's the director of photography. See, that's why Teddy sits there quietly because he's used to just being behind the camera shooting. He's <laughs> the, qu- the, so the quiet observer. Yeah, he is right. the quiet observer. Uh, is it uh, before we go to news? Real quick, Teddy. Since, sure. uh, is it hard? Do is it hard when you're filming? Do people want to come forward when they're? Are they comfortable when they're sitting for a, a film like this? I mean, Mila seemed comfortable. Everybody else seemed <laughs> you know, like it was not that they were uncomfortable, but that it might have taken a little bit of coaxing. Yeah. Is that up to? Is that up to the other guys to coax them and you just sit there? Or no, it's you? a little of both. There's nothing natural about having a lens in your face, no. a couple lenses, lights, and you know, objectively two, three guys you've never met before <laughs> asking you all, all these deep questions yeah. and such. But it's just, yeah, it's just making them feel comfortable and you get that natural conversation vibe. And um, I think we did that successfully with most of our... Yeah. And you make uh, everyone look really good on camera, too. I try they to make do, everyone they look do good. They look really good. Yeah. If they, they get sweaty, I'll great. cover them up. You know, it's uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's making them forget that, that there's cameras like I'm trying to forget that there's, there's a microphones microphone, in yeah. my face right now. Well, you know? no, it's yeah, because it's the same thing. People go, oh, I don't know how to be on radio. Yeah. Well, you know how to talk, right? 
So right. just we'll sit down and talk. Sure, yeah, exactly. So we will continue the conversation all about F Your Hair, which is going to be screened. The big world premiere at the Siskel Film Center is next Friday, January 25th at 8 p.m. The reception with, oh, free five rabbit. You'll also get to meet uh, Mila and Andres and talk to the guys. There's a big Q&A after. Uh, that's at 8.15. Then it's a screening again on Saturday the 26th and Wednesday the 30th. Go to SiskelFilmCenter.org to get your tickets. One City Films is the guys website more with the guys on the other side but right now it is a 5 30 on 720 wg and that you gotta fight for your right to wow busted out some beastie boys oh man five rabbits are very not they didn't fight for their right to party they fought for their right to say listen you can't uh we don't agree with what you are saying, candidate Trump, and so we would rather not do business with you. Uh, and that is the subject of the film F Your Hair, the documentary that will be screened uh, as uh, part of the Cisco Film Center series Stranger Than Fiction. Uh, the world premiere of F Your Hair, which has a lovely uh, Spanish uh, series, Spanish title, which we cannot say. It is Friday, January 25th. The filming, the screening starts at 8.15. There is a beautiful reception starting at 7 o'clock with the filmmakers, Jason Polavoy, Nick Jenkins, and Teddy Wackles. They are they are in the studio with me, but also Andres Araya and uh, Mia Ramirez, who are the uh, partners, the creators, the owners of Five Rabbits for Vesa Real. They will be there. There will be a Q&A session afterwards. So uh, you can see it three different times, Friday the 25th, Saturday the 26th, or Wednesday the 30th. But if you're really uh, into beer, I, I hear Jason is a craft beer. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. So yeah. he might. Uh, so he'll be there for that one. Come, uh, go and enjoy some beer, and then see this film. Uh, which again, I thank you for sending the screener. It was it was really good. And but as I mentioned before the news, we've we've hit on all the highlights. You know. All right. They they made this uh, principled decision, despite the fact that it could have sunk the brewery. Uh, the support of local bar owners, and uh, they picked it up. Oh, we they bought the beer. Consumers drank the beer. Everything mm-hmm. everything seemed to be going along, despite the fact that it didn't seem that they. Let's let's get this out of the way. This was not a publicity stunt by no, Five no, Rabbit. No, no. This was a principled decision. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Andres throughout the film seemed to be struggling with the attention. They didn't want this, right? They just wanted to make beer and go along with their lives. But situations arise where sometimes you have to make a stand. Would that be an accurate portrayal of them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now everything seems to be good. There's backlash, right? There there has to be. What what kind of backlash did they face and how how did they overcome it? Is it still, and is it still a couple years later, still happening? Yeah, there's a couple there's a couple portions of the film uh, where we highlight some of the backlash that they received, uh, specifically a voicemail that that was received at the brewery and an email as well. Um, and you know it, it's it's the kind of thing where you have trouble putting it in the film because it is just it's so hateful. It is so there's so much vitriol with which which these people are speaking and writing, and you you have to wonder if they fully grasp the you know the reality of the situation for right. for people like Andres and Mila, um, and so 
it wasn't a love fest, but I will say that Chicago was very open to them and and really embraced them. And I think a lot of the that's because they're the, here, right? right I mean, right. it's it's your favorite song. You're gonna you're gonna protect your own, right? As opposed to if this happened, I don't know, in Austin. Sure. Like, yeah. I mean, I think I think Chicago too has I think the second largest um, Mexican population in the mm-hmm. United States outside of Los Angeles. So, right. um, you know, they're they're in good company here in Chicago, but um, in in, in other places, this became a national news story. They're, they didn't get the benefit of, of a lot of that love. And so we highlight that through a couple different places in the film. Uh, and Andres and Mila both talk about how that kind of affected them, how that hate mail mm-hmm. affected them. And it's uh, it's a very difficult part of the film to get through. It, it is. There were a lot of a lot of slur, you know, slurs mm-hmm. directed at them. How did it affect uh, – I, I interrupted you, Nick. You started no, to say I was just going to – kind of jump onto what Jason yeah. was saying there. And I mean, yeah, as you know, the you know, you've seen the film, but you know that that voicemail and the the email that we feature in the film, they're very hateful and they're yeah. full of vitriol. And and I think that we struggled as documentary filmmakers in how to present it because, you know, we're telling a real story, something right. that truly happened. We're not doctoring up, you know, and, and sort of making this look worse than it is. So it was already bad. I think we just needed to figure out the right way to present it. And I how do how do you so how do you amongst the three of you, how do you decide Okay, we've got this voicemail. We've we've got the emails. It happened. We're documentary filmmakers, so we have to. We're trying to tell the truth. You know, we're trying to tell this story. What kind of debate went into using that? Well, that voicemail. I mean, the voicemail that's in the film. That's the raw voicemail. Right. You know, that's the audio from what they actually left on the Five Rabbits of Asaria phone number. So that that is as raw as it gets. And then when it came to the, to the email, we were thinking about you know what's the right way to present it. Do we just want to throw some text up on screen and kind of have Andres? talk over it or Mila talk over it but but really we needed you know we're we're, we're making a movie so we mm-hmm. needed some audio and visual components to go with it so we had actually um, a voiceover artist one of Jason's friends uh, kind of read the letter yeah. uh, read the email as if as if it was you know the person actually behind it speaking it and I think um, you know the treatment was fair uh, we didn't uh, juice it up too much, but it was right. it was fair and I would say you know what we thought that the person writing it would actually sound like and it was it wasn't like you played six voicemails and read a ton of email it was it was one of each yep. but you do have to that, because that that's had to be the concern yeah. the, the concern of Andres Emila when they make this decision is one what's the backlash going to be on a big level but two what's it going to be here at home are we going to are we going to be able to keep selling beer are we going to be able to keep providing for our employees what's what's going to happen because you know because of our decision yeah. And that that weighs on all bosses, but this this suddenly was not just a, uh, an in in house decision. This was a decision that now had national attention. Yep, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, Andres and, and Mila, we didn't include it in the film, but uh, in the interviews, they kind of talk about some of the customers that have come in. And if you go to Five Rabbit Brewery in in uh, the southwest side of Chicago, you know, they have a nice giant wall yeah. of "Bullies Aren't Leaders," kind of their Chinga Tupelo premiere poster. And they've had people, customers come in and want to try their beer, and they turn around, they see this wall of posters, and they'll kind of immediately scoff at them and then walk out, right? Because they're offended yeah. that, you know, they, they might not know the full backstory of, sure. of Chinga Tupelo and, and Five Rabbit, and they walk in and they see this, and they're like, this place isn't for me, I'm done, I'm out. So, you know, even today, um, three and a half plus years later, they're still feeling some of the, the really? side effects of, of this decision. Is it, uh, because you, you mentioned, or I read in one of the articles, uh, some of the, a lot of these letters and things were coming from far away, where right. Five Rabbits was not even distributed. Right. But, you know, the worry is here, 
So is it just sales or are people, like you say, people will come in and they'll see the posters and then they'll they'll leave? But overall, overall, it's is this something that's because they don't want to be known for this. You know, this is a chapter of their story, but this they don't want this to be their whole story. So have they gone on? Things are more positive than negative at this point, or are they? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think the takeaway from the film is that this was they turned something horrible and negative into something positive, yeah. and. You know, regardless of how much promotion they got or didn't get or chose to get or chose not to get, they come out uh, with something greater than themselves, something greater than their initial and their initial beer for the Trump Tower, and even something greater than what their beer uh, became. This is a positive story, you know, when all is said and done. Very good. All right. So how now you guys make this film, you've got it. How do you end up at the Siskel Film Center? This is a very great, exciting, great very question. exciting story. Um, so if there are any filmmakers listening right now, uh, we made a f- just under a 40-minute film. And so any filmmakers will probably be saying, what the hell are you going to do with a 40-minute film? Right? Is that is that uh, <laughs> long? For, for documentaries, is that long? Technically, that it's short? a short, but it's not it's short a, by right. objective <laughs> means. Because so, so, I expected, when I when I started to watch it, I was like, oh, this is going to be like an hour, 20. I was like, oh, 40 minutes, that's, you know. It seems like a nice length. It's a, yeah, I mean, it's it's a nice length, and I think we do you know we do the story justice in a limited amount of time that we have. But but the problem is, Brian, it's um it's forty minutes, and so most film festivals don't want to program a forty minute short, right? Oh, because it, okay. It takes up so much time in the broader film festival yeah. world. They it, can program four short ten minute films in the amount of time oh, that so they, they program wa- one of ours. I see. So, so they yeah. want them the film festivals for is it is that just a documentary thing? No, or that's, is that that's, 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 uh, that's narratives and, and documentaries. But um, you know it, it so it's a it's a challenge in the film festival front, but it actually presents an opportunity because when we're going to theaters, independent theaters like the Gene Siskel, who are just fantastic when it comes to giving you know emerging artists yeah. and new filmmakers a voice, um, you know we we partnered with uh, uh, this amazing film production company here in Chicago, Cartemquin Films. Okay. Um, you know they've done Hoop Dreams, The Interrupters, you name it. You know nice. in terms of Chicago documentaries, Cartemquin's probably behind it. Um, they just put out a, a uh, Chicago protest documentary called 63 Boycott. Yes. It's about the 1963 uh, protest, student-led protest against segregation in Chicago public schools. Okay. It was actually just uh, shortlisted for an Oscar. Oh, wow. Um, Very it's, nice. a, it's a great film. And, you know, we worked with them to put together this double bill uh, at the Gene Siskel. And we said, you know, we both have films uh, that have to do with Chicago protests, right? Yeah. It's, it's both are protest yeah, themes, different decades, but but they kind of have the same theme. Yeah. So we approached the programmers at Gene Siskel, and we said we'd love to do a double bill event with you know Cartemquin and One City Films, and um, they, you know they bid it, they bid on nice. it, and uh, it's uh, it's going to be a fantastic event. And uh, so all the Q and As you mentioned, uh, we'll are, also have we'll, people from we'll, correct from sixty three boycott. Um, and uh, you know, it's. I think it's going to be a really good, good uh, discussion around protests in Chicago, the history of protests, the mechanics of protests, you know, then and now. And um, overall, I'm I'm really happy that we're able to do this double bill event with with such a you know a storied film production company like Cartemquin. That's terrific. Uh, well, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about being ind- independent documentary filmmakers and what you guys are working on next. OneCityFilms.com is the website. You can go and get all the information about what the guys are working on and uh, more about F Your Hair, which again will be screened. The big world premiere screening is Friday, January 25th at 8:15 
screening at the Siskel Film Center, siskelfilmcenter.org. There's a reception at 7 o'clock. There will be five rabbit beers there. There will be the guys there. There will be uh, Andres and Mila will, Mila will be there. Uh, and then a big Q&A with uh, everybody and the folks from 63 Boycott. Mm-hmm. All of that after after the screening. All right, let's do this. Then there's more. It's WGN. how you're picking these bumps uh rl but uh they're unbelievably entertaining uh brian noted we're here till 6 15 then it's northwestern basketball against the wolverines in michigan jason polavoy nick jenkins and teddy wackholz are in the studio with me together they are the creative minds between one city films uh they are the men who put together the film uh, f your hair which will be at the siskel film center what is uh? What do you guys focus on at One City Films? Uh, what kind of what kind of subjects are you looking for for your uh, for your projects? Uh, well, anyone who's deeply compelling and interesting, I think that's, that's <laughs> okay. a start. Uh, and, your and, story and, is fascinating. Yeah, and Milan Andres fit that bill to a T. That's <laughs> for, for sure. sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, we do a mix of uh, commercial and documentary work. So we do okay. we do some commercial and corporate uh, video production, and um, you know we've we we love doing videos for nonprofits here in Chicago. We've done a, we've done a couple thus far. And um, on the documentary side, we have a feature-length uh, film in production right now. Really? It's about uh, my block, my hood, my city. I see the and, I see the yeah, shirts yeah, and yeah. the hats. Well, oh, yeah. Just well, kind of always have hoodies on us well, every day. Well represented. As, Teddy is a you good. You're a good billboard, Teddy. <laughs> I think I last you're time you're quiet, here, you're... but you you exude the message. Just let the shirt do the talking. I think last time you were here, it was the <laughs> middle of the night, and you were going. Yeah. You were yeah. like heading out. Were you not here because you were setting something? No, you were here. No, no we were here. We just we did you, our session yeah, you here, had to and go then we and went down to Chatham at. Was it four a.m.? Uh, we got down there. Yeah, yeah which Lawndale, didn't seem right, like yeah. didn't seem like a wise move. I'm <laughs> yeah. glad to see you survive because I remember commenting that was there had just been some shootings there. Like there's always shootings there. But yeah, there likely, but stuff. there's good people down there. Oh, so. Of course, um, well, but so that was uh, really tough. That was actually the the kids we were following were going to to college, so they right packed up yeah. at the crack of dawn to go down to South Carolina for the first couple of weeks of college, and we wanted to get them literally leaving. Chicago, you know. So this is all the same, the feature you were talking about? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. pretty special. Still in production, we got, we're kind of working on it uh, we've as been much as we can, yeah. For two years now, it follows Jamal Cole, who you may have heard of because he's all over the news now. Um, he was just named one of the Chicagoans of the Year by Chicago Magazine. Yes. Um, it follows him and his program, My Black, My Head, My City, which is a uh, an after-school program uh, for kids in underrepresented neighborhoods, um, under-resourced neighborhoods. And uh, yeah, so we we followed three uh, three students through their senior year of high school right. in his program, and so the twins that we followed were headed down to South Carolina. So really, yeah, we went to we went to say goodbye and and get their departure. So and how I would imagine it had to be very uplifting. These guys getting to to head off to college. Oh yeah, 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 and they're, they're that's an understatement. It their was, their it was grandma cool and their and their oh, aunt man. was there, and and uh, yeah, their little cousins and happy tears, sad tears, and. Mm-hmm. Some that I'm going to speak for all three of us, but that we kind of take for granted, you know, growing up. All right, I'll finish. Sure. I'll graduate junior high, then I'll go to high school, then I'll go to college and, you know, be an adult. But it's not it's not a lock for everybody. And yeah. so, um, you know, a lot of these kids, they're the first in their families to even get accepted oh, into college, let mm-hmm. alone go and do it and take that big step. Uh, so it was really, you know, as if we're part of the family, you know, we spent some <laughs> well, time listen. with them. and But, you know, it, it was really... 
Well, that, a little I mean, proud. Yeah, I mean, it was. You know? It's when you're, you know, when you're filming so much with some of these these students and in, in these families, it's like you almost become part of the family. Oh, sure. Like it's an honor just to, for them to let you in and put yeah, a camera yeah. on their lives. So yeah, to see them go away to school, that was that was special. And then to talk to the the families afterwards, that was even more. Special. Is that is that the end, or are do you are you going to follow them? Like now that they're at school, are you going to check in with them, or how? Or was we're, that the the final shot of the scene of the film? We're continuing to follow to follow Jamal and his life here in Chicago, okay. and continuing with the program. And we'll probably do a check in with them at some point soon as sort of an addendum to the film. Um, but as far as their role in in the film, that's it. They they graduated. They made it. So, okay. Yeah. So the 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 my block, my hood, my city. You know, I have that found in my travels. What's going on there? All the best. What happened there? How that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not touching anything. I don't know how that's headroom. Yeah, that's very weird. We're, we've just been hijacked. Yeah. Maybe here's somebody from the Trump organization. Yeah. They didn't oh, like the film. They never know. Uh, so, all right, you mentioned it's a privilege for you to be able to go into these people's homes. Mm -hmm. As filmmakers, your job is to turn the camera. Teddy turns the camera on. You, you watch all that's going on. Have there been situations or have somebody come to you and said, listen, I I really don't want this in the film. You know, you caught something that happened because we're a real family doing what we do, but I don't want it in the film. Is is that an ethical dilemma then for you guys? Because this is, we're supposed to show things warts and all, or do you say, all right, for the good of it, you know, this, this little piece of information, one, isn't going to impact the film, but it could really impact these people's lives. How do you walk that line? I think, I mean, we all have we're all very sort of um you know open-minded when it comes to those suggestions and i think that we consider ourselves journalists first and foremost to, yeah. a, to a certain degree so yeah i mean i i hear you but there are definitely some things that that have happened jason i don't know if you want to talk about any of them but but you know it, we put a lens on you know a family or a situation and it's like maybe this doesn't actually need to be in the story it's not just okay. that they don't want it there but it doesn't add anything to the story right. you know what i mean so it it's just not be an sensational integral part. yeah so, it yeah. wouldn't it, you know we could use it to tell the story but it doesn't need to be there it's okay. not it's not an important vital part of the story it's not so. going to change the outcome one way or another the, right. the, the relationship between a filmmaker and their subject or a journalist and their subject or, or, is a it's a very delicate um, sensitive relationship and there's a lot of trust that that comes both ways but but really more so that it, it, the subject towards the filmmaker and so you constantly have to be thinking about uh, is this in the best interest of the subject and is this in the best interest of the film and uh, weighing those things against each other is a is a it's a struggle mm -hmm. it, it is absolutely I think what's great about uh, you know the film with with Jamal is that he has opened up his life to us for the last two years kind of no strings attached okay um and and so you know we do have some we've had some issues here and there but i mean really it's he he's been so open with us and he wants to see he wants people to see how this is happening why it's happening and why he is struggling to make it happen very yeah. nice well congratulations on on that good luck with uh, finishing that up congratulations on f your hair which is now going to make its world premiere at the Gene Siskel Film Center on Friday, January 25th. The screening starts at 8.15. There is a reception at 7 o'clock. Uh, there will be a Five Rabbit beer there. The guys will be there. The owner of, owners of Five Rabbit will be there. 
There's Q&As after all of the screenings. Uh, January 25th, January 26th, January 30th. Go to SiskelFilmCenter.org to get your tickets for that. Go to OneCityFilms.com to see uh, all about the projects that the guys are working on. Again, congratulations. It's good to Thank see you, you again. Thanks, and Thanks, uh, all the best with, uh, with everything coming up. Appreciate it. Thank you very Thank much, you Brian. Thank you,